Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hey, Patrick, how's it going? Good, Jeff. How are you? I am doing well. Today marks the third day of my daughter's school. School day? School? Back to school? I don't know. Really weird. Um, I had not planned that one. <laughs> um, yeah, we're talking day three for first grade. And uh, so far, she's really enjoying it. Tomorrow uh, will be York's first day, my first day of carpool. So it'll be a new experience for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but here. Day four for my daughter. Okay. So far, she's liking it. She's got a culinary arts class that she had to do some, like a, a grid board, flip grid, going okay. over the de- you know, uh, cross-contamination. Oh, okay. And yeah, how, yeah. how that occurs and how to prevent it. So I'm like, yeah, that's it's important because the last thing you want is people getting sick off what you're cooking. So. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Nobody needs another Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, so I think York's excited. He finally got finished with his second book. He's very excited about that. And he's gotten both of his assignments done, pre, pre-first day of school assignments done, ready to turn in. So he's very excited about that, too. So today's just a chill day for us. And uh He'll have a Krav Maga later this afternoon. So, so uh, want to thank the amazing people at, the, at uh, Paper Tigers, uh, Baltran and Michael Velasquez, for joining us in our post-interview interview <laughs> <laughs> with a uh, late arrival, uh, UJ Okamoto. Um, such a pleasure and a very big surprise for me. Uh, wasn't I expecting that? Val um, didn't quite tell me who all might be joining us. Just asked if we anybody we wanted to have join us. Whoever you know, the more the merrier. Yeah. And yeah, so that was a nice little surprise at the end. I was completely unprepared, and I, it was probably 10, 15 minutes after um, finished recording. And I started thinking of all these questions I wanted to ask him because, uh, as we discussed last uh, last week's full episode, that I watched Better Off Dead, in which Yuji Okamoto is in and does plays the uh, one of the gentlemen in the other car that does uh, learned English by doing a Howard Cosell in, uh, impression. So yeah. I would have loved to have talked to him about that, but I completely forgot. Because I was, it was a little bit. I was, well, more just awestruck because I was not prepared. Had I known ahead of time, I would have had it all written down, and it would have been fine. It's just, you know, kind of being caught off guard a little bit. So, but nonetheless, it was a pleasure talking to everybody. We've gotten some good feedback about that interview. Again, if you haven't watched uh, the Paper Tigers yet, it is now available on Netflix. Please check it out. Let us know what you think. We would love to hear. And then after you watch it, 
go back and listen to our special interview that dropped this past Friday and tell us what you think. So that's it on that. Um, then lastly, oh, um, for me, TV wise, uh, on Apple TV mm-hmm. uh, plus whatever it's called on the Apple streaming <laughs> network. Um, been watching a show called Home Before Dark, which is if you were to have it to give it a rating as far as like an MPAA rating, even though it's TV's done differently, it would be a TV 14 or a PG 13, maybe PG, PG 13. Yeah. Cause, uh, but it's about this family that moves from Brooklyn to this small town in Washington state where uh, the father is originally from. He's moving back. He lost his job working for a newspaper. Uh, he was a reporter for the New York Sentinel and lost his job. He uh, so he moves back to help kind of take care of his dad, who's having to get moved into a nursing to a I guess nursing home assisted care facility. Um, so he moves into his old house, you know, that he grew up in. And sorry, it's his dad. It'd be the girl's grandfather area um but when he comes back there's some period of adjustment um the middle child because there's yeah three girls the middle child is very inquisitive and has her own kind of online newspaper that she writes and does stories for and a Basically, a murder happens in the small town, and she wants to find out, you know, she wants to report on it and find out who killed her and the, you know, relationship, you know, the relations. And then, and it's a digging into, a, I guess you could say, a dark secret from from her dad's past. And the show kind of takes off from there. So it's, but it's very interesting. It's very well done. Um I really, I mean, I've, I'm already, you know, I'm hooked. Uh, first season was 10 episodes. I went through all them. Second season, I think, is about to wrap up now. And I'm on the second episode, second season, which starts, which takes place a year later after the first season with a whole new mystery. So, and a uh, thing to report on. So, great cast. Uh, yeah, so I would recommend that if you need something to watch and you have Apple TV Plus, Home Before Dark. Okay. Good acting, good story, good mystery. So that's about it. I, I'm trying to watch our films, and obviously I've um, been busy, uh, <laughs> you know, arranging the interview and then getting the inter- and conducting the interview and all that. But busy week nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched any new shows. I uh, still haven't, since I haven't subscribed to Stars, I haven't been able to finish uh, Blind Spotting. But um, I think maybe, it, hopefully, it'll become available on Prime at some point, the full thing. But um, so this week was my friend Derek's birthday on Wednesday. Okay. Cool. So this past Saturday, he had like a small dinner, invited mm-hmm. some friends over. So I just finished watching one of the movies we'll talk about later. 
And so I went to Walmart so I can, you know, see if I could pick up Paper Tigers mm-hmm. and had two copies left. <laughs> so that's good. So I got a copy for myself and I got him one. And then when I got to the house, I'm like, hey, I know this movie just came out on Netflix, but it's always good to have the physical copy in the chamber just in case, you know. Yep. So he appreciated that because nice. it was more it's like, you know, birthday gift, but also a thank you for, you know, um, tip me off about Marshall Club because, yeah. you know, I wouldn't know anything about him, seen him in the movie if it wasn't for having checked out the YouTube and everything. But, um, yeah. And then in my week, otherwise just work and that was it i think i was trying to go see a movie like at least each day this weekend but Mm -hmm. i only saw one plus a couple others but um pretty uneventful week which is good yeah yeah exactly that's what i was thinking (laughs) yeah other than that i know i plan on watching the third part for the transformers i think it's called kingdom i still haven't checked it out yet so that's that's what i'm planning on doing this week uh, let's see, this week, What If comes out Wednesday, yes. and as well as season three of Titans on HBO Max. Yeah. And uh, Red Hood's supposed to play a supposed to be the, the let me rephrase this. The trailer makes it out to where Red Hood is like the big bad for this season. However, we all know how misleading trailers can be. So true. But I'm very excited because Red Hood's one of my favorite characters and. Now that Robin has officially taken on the Nightwing mantle, I'm going to be stoked about that and see how they see where they go with that. So yeah, I think I still got a few episodes in season one. Then I gotta still got a ways to go before I get caught up. But yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's not where you land in the race; it's just whether or not you completed. True, <laughs> that's true. So, you know. Um, all right, so I think that's it. All right, let's uh, move on to our double bill feature presentation. Um, do, you, do you want to start with the fun one or the moody one first? <laughs> mm, let's go moody first. All right, here we go. Set the, t- set the tone. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. All right, the first in our double bill uh, feature presentation is... <laughs> Dev Patel's The Green Knight, also known as <laughs> Family Movie Afternoon <laughs> Film. Um, I took York to go see this. I took York to go see this after we recorded Monday last week because I showed him the trailer. He thought it looked cool. Plus, it had a fox, and he loves foxes. Yeah. So he was in, you know, swords and fantasy. So we thought, okay, cool. Thought there'd be a lot of fighting, you know, some, you know, he's going to have to go to war to go, you know, no, not so much. Very little fighting. Very. Like there was more fighting yesterday at my house <laughs> than there was in this movie. <laughs> guess there's least, another you know, the at least trailer. arguing, I guess. I guess arguing. But actually, no, even sword fighting because York had his had his uh, his. Legend of Zelda sort out and just swinging it more than they were in the movie. Um, so the Green Knight's two hours and ten minutes long. It is rated R, so um, I did have to do some parental pre-screening before 
um, looking at the parental guide before taking them. Uh, it's a fantasy retelling of the medieval story of Sir Gawain and the Green Knights. Written for the screen and directed by David Lowry. This movie is a very beautiful movie to watch. It is very slow paced. It's not in a rush to get anywhere because it is a drama and not an action film. So if you're planning to go see this to say an action film, you will be gravely disappointed. Also, keep in mind, this is an eight. This film is produced by a 20 by a 24. So anyone that knows anything about a 24 movies should know that it's going to look beautiful. Yeah, it's not going to make a whole lot of sense. No. <laughs> and it's not going to be very fast paced. So if you think of movies such as Midsummer, which we <laughs> we have a love hate relationship, <laughs> um, uh, Hereditary, mm-hmm. uh, that was one I was just talking about. Uh, oh shoot. But there's a host of others that are very well done, very slow paced, very methodical in nature. The stories, the story is well done. However, there's there isn't a whole lot of action, no. but there is some good acting. Um, there's a lot of WTF moments in all of their films. True. So quite a few. Yeah. So that is the most abbreviated version of how to describe this movie. Um. The movie does star Def Patel as Sir Gawain, Alicia Vikander as Essel, Joel Edgerton as the Lord, Sarita should Sh- I had this in my head and nope. Shootery. There we go. Shootery. Sarita Shootery as Mother. Um I think it's pronounced Anasis Anase uh Rizzo as Helen. And then a cast of other characters. Oh, Sean Harris is in it and plays the king. Sean Harris, most people will know from the last three Mission Impossible movies as kind of uh, the main villain. So it is uh, it is definitely a oh and Barry uh, Cohen who's always plays kind of, oh he was in that movie. Uh, Killing the killing of a sacred deer, which I also think is an A twenty four film, with him, Colin Farrell, and Nicole Kidman. That is a weird movie too. I think I uh, watched it yet. Yeah. You you'd be all right. <laughs> he plays the scavenger. Uh, I believe he's also going to be in Eternals. I that's if I, memory serves me. But, um, I can't remember, but he's in like one of those Marvel. Projects coming up. Uh, so yeah, uh, Patrick, thoughts? Um, this was kind of like one of those long RPG games with very little action, <laughs> or like those story-based RPG games where you just point and clicking, and you know you might have a little bit of action, but it's not not much. So it's a lot of talking and walking and journey. It's a long journey. <laughs> <laughs> But um, it's just it's just crazy because you know there's a challenge laid, and Sir Gowan decides to answer the call, 
and he has a very minimum thing to do, but he literally swings for the fences, and now he's on this journey to kind of test his character, his courage, and and he's not that smart. He's a little gullible. <laughs> yes, and because I mean, he's like, he's still young, and yeah. he's not as he's not as experienced and have all these stories to tell like the rest of the Knights of the Round Table. Yeah. You know, he is the, he's um, King Arthur's reckless and headstrong nephew. So, Um, but before the challenge, he gets to sit next to the King where the Knight sits, but the Knight hasn't returned from, I guess his battle or journey that he's on. And so, you know, he thinks he's doing a good thing. He's, he kind of, you know, he's feeling pretty good about himself, but what he does you know, a year from that point, the same thing happens to him. At least that's what's said. Said it said if you successfully strike, you'll get my axe, but a year from now, I will do the same thing that you do to me. I'm not gonna say what he does, but kind of in the trailer, but yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> um I'm like of all the things you could have done to as far as a strike and you go that way, I'm like, dude. Even York was confused on this. He's like, "What?" He's like, "Bruh!" Like literally, he was sitting in the chair going, "Bruh!" <laughs> that took everything I had not to bust up laughing. I'm like, "Yeah, man." <laughs> I thought it was gonna be like a good little fight scene, some some dodging, some parrying, yeah. you know. But no, it just oh, we're just kills. doing this, okay? Yeah, I'm just like, all right, and then um. I had a feeling he was going to go there. But I'm like, did you not listen to what he said? <laughs> he literally said, whatever you do to me a year from now, I'm going to do the same thing. So do the bare minimum, <laughs> which yeah. he's pretty much done his whole life, done the bare minimum. Right. But now he's choosing to step up and be a man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and, you know, I didn't I don't think they showed it, but I feel like the king was in the back doing the straight up face palm afterwards. All of, like all of them were like the hell are you doing? <laughs> literally whispered said, "Remember, it's just a game." Yeah. So I'm like, "Yeah, I know what he's gonna do, but I know what he yeah. should do." Right. <laughs> also, uh, what kind of game is this? Right. <laughs> this is like the worst game ever. At least for him to play. I think everybody yes. else pretty much got it. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, all right. I mean, he's big and t- intimidating. Emerald color skin. He almost looked like the Night King from freaking Game of Thrones in the face. <laughs> Bro, I thought it was Groot. I'm like, Groot's got a sword? All Groot's right. uncle. <laughs> mean uncle. He's the mean uncle nobody talks about. One of the uh, relatives of the cursed in Jungle Cruise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or uh, the marching imps from uh, from freaking Lord of the Rings. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm just like, man... So you kind of get an idea how it's going to end, but there's a journey he goes through before that where he encounters ghosts, that fox that you mentioned, and then um, giant females just reminiscent of Attack on Titans, just randomly yeah. walking in the valley. I, I was like, where? Wait a minute. Where'd they come from? Yeah. And where are they going? More importantly, yeah. where are they yeah. going? I want to see that story. What's their what's their their arc? Let's go that route. <laughs> see yeah. what they're doing. What's their purpose? Even right. more importantly, so I mean, he literally asked for their help. And then when I guess they were trying to, and he just mm-hmm. got scared and it was like, "Oh, yeah, psh, bye, <laughs> I'm yeah, out." Come on. 
So you asked for my help. I tried. Okay. Yeah. Deuces. Yeah, but it was, it, was, it was an overall weird movie, just like everything else, A24. Yeah. And um, they did pull a, a Twilight where you see something you think happens, but it's actually a vision. <laughs> right. And so, like, oh. yeah, like, uh, mm. right. so it's yeah. getting good. And then I'm like, no, nah, this doesn't feel right. <laughs> that's within about 10 seconds of it. I, I was like, nah, yeah. that's it. I said, no, this is his wife literally flashing before his eyes type of thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so it is kind of interesting. So in the movie, Dev Patel plays the role of Guywin. And in the movie, King Arthur, the very, as I like to say, the rock star King Arthur movie from 2004. Yeah. Because it's, you know, with the big fog machines and all. Anyways, it's a fun action movie, but it's. It's a little ridiculous too, <laughs> yeah. but I can't. I, it's a guilty pleasure. I'll watch it. Um, anyways, Joel Edgerton played uh, Guywin in that version of King Arthur. Mm-hmm. So, Madsen Mickelson was also in. He's the one that had the hawk okay. in, that, in that version. But it's a fun movie to watch. Ray Roy Stones in it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'll watch it, but yeah, it's it is a little more ridiculous though. So. Uh, Ralph uh, Ensign, who actually plays the Green Knight, and Kate Dickey, who plays the Queen, were previously co-starred in The Witch, which is also another A24 film. And that movie's... Yeah. Was it also? Yeah. um, The Goat, Black... Black... Not Thomas, but Black something. I don't know. But yeah, it's like the goat is the one that's actually apparently controlling all the evil things going on anyway it's, it's a very fascinating movie i'll actually go back and rewatch that from time to time because it starts out kind of like one thing and then turns out to be something it just kind of goes off the rails but it's entertaining to watch i i would recommend that one um apparently david lowry got the idea for adapting the green knight uh when he was setting up a diorama of willow action figures in his backyard <laughs> i'm like they're perfect for a24 yeah exactly <laughs> yeah um which i thought was very interesting again it's a beautiful film to watch you know it's very stylized and it's in its shots and it's in its shots and it's uh, uh cinematography lighting very well done. Yeah. A lot of things I could find that I actually like about it. Um, New York, if he was about another 10 years older, would probably enjoy it, you know, enjoy it more for those reasons. Um, right. But I think he kind of liked it because it was kind of weird, but he also had a lot of questions <laughs> yeah. as well. It was like 10 minutes in, I've already got 100 questions. That's a you and me both. That's a welcome to A24. So, um, but yeah, overall there is some moderate, there is some some nudity up in there, um, and sex that are involved, and a few scenes that are a little, yeah. So luckily, knowing this ahead of time, I knew when to not. <laughs> I was like, oh, we'll play in a bathroom break here, yeah. Except for the part where it's at the very beginning of the film, like, oh, we're just hand over the eyes, yeah. <laughs> and we're just good. Luckily, it was fairly fast. The scene yeah, it didn't last here. long. No, it was. Yeah just seconds um and then the other one i just didn't explain 
Yeah. <laughs> we just left it as is and moved about our day as if draw some conclusions. So some things are just best not to bring attention to. Remember, Let it happen. Kind of like when I took him to, like I took him to go see Deadpool um, 2, the PG-13 version. I'm like, mm-hmm. certain things I'm just not going to bring up. If he doesn't ask, I'm not going to say a thing. Just go from there. There you go. <laughs> so, it's like, yeah, it's crazy, wasn't it? But yeah, it it's not a bad movie. It's just not theirs. You just have to understand that it's one you would watch just because of its weirdness, but also because of how it's, you know, for its more technical aspects. Yeah. Um, but Dev Patel was acted very well in it, as did everybody else. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's just not a very exciting movie, I guess is a good way to put it. It's not It's not one that I would have released during the summer, that's for sure. No, it's a slow this burn. It's definitely like a later a sub- in the year. <laughs> one of your January, February, January, February releases, or a good like late September, October release. Yeah. Uh, but an August one? I mean, I know you've been holding on to it, but come on now. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, not a bad one. It's just is what it is. I mean, it had a budget of $15 million and so far it's made 12.12, so... It'll make its money back, especially yeah. with by the time it goes to VOD, and then yeah. this is the kind of one that'll wind up on Prime. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or Hulu. Yeah, yeah. There. So, um, all right, let's move on to the very much summer, <laughs> summer, <laughs> summer movie. All right, next one. Next, we're moving on to. Uh, the Suicide Squad came out this past Friday with a runtime of two hours, 12 minutes. Suicide Squad stars Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, Idris Elba as Bloodsport, John Cena as Peacemaker, Joel Kinnaman at returning role as Colonel Rick Flagg, Michael Rooker as Savant, Viola Davis returning as Amanda Waller, um, John Estrander as Dr. Fitzgibbon, Nathan Fillion as TDK. A pretty, I believe it's pronounced Jai, Jai Courtney. Yeah. Um, returning as Captain Boomerang, Lula Borg as Javelin, um, Mei-Wing Ng as Mongal, Pete Davidson as Blackguard, Sean Gunn as Weasel and Calendar Man. Uh, Stephen uh, Blackheart as Briscoe, Steve Agee as John Economos. He also was the actual King Shark, uh, wore the yes, you know mocap outfit for King yeah. Shark. Uh, Tanashi or Tanash uh, Cages Cages as a uh, as Flo Crawley, Jennifer Holland as Amelia Harcourt. And it goes on and on. And, oh, uh, Daniela Melquire as Ratcatcher. And then um, David Dashmillian as Polka Dot Man. There's a lot of people in this movie. Yeah. Storm Reed as uh, Bloodsport's daughter, uh, Tyla. And Sylvester Stallone voicing King Shark. We missed anybody else? 
Okay, I think we're good. There's a lot of folks. There's a lot of... Squatties. A lot of bodies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of people to fit on a poster. Yeah. So, uh, basically all the supervillains <laughs> in a collection of nutty cons at Bell Reeve joined the super secret, super shady Task Force X, un, um, known as the Suicide Squad, as they are dropped off at a remote, enemy-infused island of Corto Maltese, which is a fictitious island that DC has made up. And the first time I ever heard of it was the 89 Batman, where uh, Kim Basinger's character took a bunch of photos from war-torn Corto Maltese. So, written and directed by James Gunn. Yes. This movie is very much what you expect it to be, um, which is an improvement from the original Suicide Squad movie from 2016 or 17. Um, yeah. It is, it's got all the, just like Guardians, it has a bunch of characters you've never heard of, as well as a couple you have. Yeah. And he shines a light, you know, on how amazing these characters that have gotten very little attention have. It shines a lot and shows how makes them better. I guess is a good way to put it. Like, listen, you may think polka dot man is a ridiculous character and he is, but (laughs) check out what I said, but we're going to show you how badass he is at the same time. And there, and it's that way with a bunch, you know, like rat catcher two was not even just, can't even get much clever. I mean, just Rat Catcher 2. Yeah. And some of these other characters, Javelin. And um, when you go to look up their, you know, do like, I, I mean, because I'm sure everybody's going to wind up, that's curious enough, is going to look up and try and see more about those characters by just looking up on Google or I'm, you know, or on Wikipedia or whatever mm-hmm. and looking at their original outfits and then looking at their original origin and then seeing how they updated it for the movie. So I like it. I did enjoy it. It is a lot. It is a lot of fun. It is different. It is very, it's not, it's the brightest um, DC movie. Is that as far as like tone? Yeah. Like it's, there's not a lot of whole doom and gloom, you know, tone to it. Like, Every single DC movie, even even Shazam has a level of, even though it's a lot more fun and a lot more kid friendly, it's still tone, you know, it's still fairly dark and it's, you know, and it's lighting and and how it's shot. Yeah. So up until suicide, this Suicide Squad, (laughs) Shazam was probably the lightest. Um. But this one is just balls to the wall, you know, just action. It's just left and right, just, and it's not, I mean, it's, and it's very violent, but it's violent in that cartoonish kind of comic book kind of way. So there's a lot of blood, but it's stupid. I mean, it's, it's just stupid. None of it looks real um, with the way um, people die in this film i'm really having to be careful how i talk about it 
because I'm really not trying to give too much away. Yeah. Um, so it's, but it is a, uh, it's definitely starts off one way and, you know, before you know it, it's already turned into something else. True. Is that a good, good way to word that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I watched it Thursday on HBO Max because it released. Usually they don't release it like that for midnight, but they actually right. released it early. Yeah, and so, same. and so I checked it out after work, and I had that tired brain. Like nothing was really clicking with me the first time I watched it. I mean, some things were, but I was like, "No, nah, I need to watch this again." So I checked it out again. I started watching it a little before work on Friday, and everything was kind of. I was more responsive to it before like things that were meant to be funny were funny and um and so i finished it when i got home on friday night and yeah i did enjoy it more the second time around because i was a little more alert and um yeah i mean it is rated r unlike i think the original was pg-13 until mm-hmm. they released the uncut version or the unrated uh, which is which is slightly that. better it's still slightly better just it's just language they, yeah. they drop a couple f bombs, but um, Ooh. but uh, this one is more for the I guess the the comic bookish violence, <laughs> and um, yeah. and I I thought of a couple of movies <laughs> in this. I don't know if I don't know if I uh I don't know if I can say I can probably give it away, but well without context, yeah, I, I'll still wait. But it reminded me of a movie of how they handle something where you know you're that movie you kind of tease something happening and then when they move forward what you didn't expect happened happens yeah just like this one uh the first time i watched it i didn't know that was sylvester stallone until, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> until i was watching somebody's review and it's like oh yeah sylvester stallone is the voice of king shark and I'm, so i went back and listened to it and it made it more funny knowing it was yeah. him <laughs> yeah i'm just like okay that was more and then you're like, how did I not know it was? Yeah, <laughs> like, like I sure could have been. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the scene with um, Storm Reed and Idris Elba when he when she comes to visit him. Yeah, that was intense. But at the same time, I felt like it was supposed to be funny in the way they were delivering it. Like it's supposed to be a little humor, but yeah. it was still I don't know. That was a little in between. So that's one scene I could have probably done without. Yeah. I understand why it's in there, but them dropping f bombs at each other left and right, yeah, I thought was they could have just done screw you, and yeah. it would have been fine. I mean, it didn't even have to be that intense. It no. could have just been like you know, I wanted you to you know do your own thing, stay away from my life, and because I have nothing to offer. And but then she was more disappointed because you know yeah she stole something, but yeah, but he you know he didn't care. She, she didn't get the attention that she wanted in the sense yeah. that she wanted him to be like, why would you do that? You know, yeah. I know you're better than this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and instead, he's that. just, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And I'm like, the way they could have made that funny was just have her flip him off and then just have her finger get closer and closer and closer to the glass. And then like right in his face, like just a slow pan, like just a slow moving one of those, yeah. I think would have been a more. And then like, you know, him just saying, put that down, put that down. Yeah. Stop doing that. That could have made that funnier. Yeah. I think. Instead of just making it just 
what it was, and I'm like, this just isn't necessary to me. I don't like you're just dropping f bombs just because you're making this rated R. Yeah. Like the violence is enough. Like yeah, you don't it would have been PG thirteen, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but you know, because yeah, I'm just thinking of ways they could change it. Still keep it R, but keep yeah. it just because of the violence and not so much the language. So if if parents wanted, you know, had older kids that they wanted to show this to, they wouldn't have to, you know, wouldn't be like, well, it's just stupid, goofy violence, which you'll see in a PG-13 movie. Right. It's just that the, the more. blood, the blood is just, you know, the blood, you know, they show blood. So therefore it has to be rated R because it's stupid like that. Yeah. And some of the deaths is, is what they show, like. Right. Bodies exploding. Right. And stuff like that. Itch, you know, yeah. But um, and then that whole thing I think was just set up to get him on the team. Like right. I don't feel like she even did any of that. Right. So like it was just like Amanda had me come in here to say I did this just to get you on so you can help me not go to jail. But I don't think any of that happened. Right. <laughs> at the end, after watching the whole thing, I just don't think that that happened at all. Right. Um. But but yeah, I did enjoy it, and then. The place they're trying to get to, Jotunheim. I'm like, dude, that's a planet in Marvel. What's going on? Yeah. Like, I know. I was like, I'm like, oh lord, here we go. Yep. Loki's gonna pop up in the DC, and it's gonna be our first crossover. And then Task Force X. I'm like, damn variants everywhere, <laughs> even <right>. in DC. <laughs> Ta- Task Force X. I'm like, oh, that's a play on X Force. <laughs> if you think about I mean, it. I mean, that's well, that's what they called in the first Suicide yeah. Squad movie too. So. And then, but then it made me think of that other movie, considering how things went. I'm like, ah, okay. But I cared more about the characters in this than I did the first Suicide Squad. Right. Well, because they, because they were flushed out. Yeah, you, you learned about them, and they handled that better. They 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 didn't waste any time. They just start the movie. This is our first character. These are other people of the team. This is what they're what they've done, and let's go. Go, go, go. We got action some, to go to. <laughs> and then there's some goofy shit that happens. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's definitely worth checking out. If you weren't a fan of the 2016, you should, you'll, you'll probably you'll, like you'll, this one. You'll enjoy this one more. Yeah. You may like Harley's outfit from the 2016 one more than you will this one, but I actually like this one better. So. Yeah. Um. Harley gets a cool scene. Yeah, I like. I still think I like her and Birds of Prey most, though, I think. Maybe because it's more about her, but yeah. they get, to, I mean, obviously because they get to explore her character more. Whereas, you know, the benefit of her having her own solo movie already is that when they introduce her in this one, you're like, and then there's also, <laughs> it's like the only person we're missing is, and then she pops on there and she goes, it's like, sorry, <laughs> sorry I'm late. <laughs> She's like, have road rage. Yep. I was like, <laughs> of course you in would. A bank. In a bank. <laughs> yeah, of course you would. <laughs> so, it, you know, she's there for the, well, the thing is, they're not relying on her for the comic relief for the entire film like they were in the first Suicide. Kind of spread around. Spread yeah. Around. It, yeah. Everybody was able to have their own moment. Yeah. So that was, so that's, you know, that's good. Um. Yeah, the movie's just crazy, but it's fun. I mean, it's your, it's your summer blockbuster kind of movie. I mean, it's perfect. 
Yeah, so as far as you know, when it got released. So, um, so apparently James Gunn considered uh, this movie the most fun film he had made, um, which he attributes to prioritizing creativity over perfection, uh, being in the best place mentally and emotionally, having a quote stupendous end quote cast and crew and supportive studio Warner Brothers. Um, that didn't interfere with his vision and only giving him a few minor notes on it. And also feeling that he was at the height of his directing abilities. Um, it's surprising that Warner Brothers didn't interfere because they've interfered in everything else. <laughs> right. I know, right? Let's see what happens. They actually trusted their director. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Uh, when when asked how James Gunn got Sylvester Stallone to voice uh, to voice the role of King Shark, it didn't. He said it didn't take a whole lot of convincing. I just said to him, I wrote this role for you in Suicide Squad. It won't take too much of your time. And Stallone's like, Oh yeah. And Gunn said, Yeah, it's a big kind of chubby human eating shark. To which Stallone says, Anything for you, brother? <laughs> Anything for you, brother? <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I like this take on King Shark, especially after watching the Harley Quinn uh, animated. And it's such a different kind of take on King Shark. And even just King Shark in the comics is different. Yeah. So I like I like this one a lot because it provides more comic relief and not just yeah decapitation and being like I mean because in the comics he's a little smarter i guess is a good way to put it okay. uh, a little more yeah smarter can think a little bit better on his feet here he's kind of like they're just they're brooding hulk character you know <clears throat> yeah strong and dense it can take a lot of damage <laughs> yes <laughs> tons of damage yeah. but um that that one scene where he was about to eat <laughs> yeah catch him like and you can't turn your back on him, but yeah. you know he's, he is a shark, so yeah. <laughs> num num. <laughs> I'm like, how hard do you? How hard a sleeper are you? <laughs> right, exactly. Oh uh, shoot. Yeah, I liked her character too. Yep, me too. Uh, it's one of my more favorite new characters, also because the of her backstory too kind of gives you yeah. a little more depth into her character, and the fact that uh, Idris Elba's character is done like rats and. You know, a little arc there too. So it, it uh, kind of kind of mirrors the end of Guardians, where but it's kind of altered with um, uh, Drax and Rocket, right? Where but it's more Rocket allowing somebody close to him, and this one he's actually getting closer to the rat, actually touching it and being okay with it, sitting on him. So I was like, that was a cool little parallel. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so James Gunn initially wanted Dave Bautista to play Peacemaker, but Bautista turned it down to play the lead in uh, lead role in Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Mm. I like John Cena as Peacemaker, though, because he's so stupid. (laughs) Yeah, he's such I mean, if you think about a guy that loves, you know, if he basically uh, eats, sleeps and poops freedom like you look at. You look at John Cena just in general, he looks like that guy. Yeah. And especially in the outfits they put him in in this in this movie. 
You're like, yeah, he's the, like, you can, he exudes Axe body spray just looking at him. Yes. So, yeah, no, he's perfect. I thought it was perfect casting. Uh, originally, they wanted they wanted Idris Elba to to replace uh, Will Smith as uh, Deadshot, but it was later decided that he would just play a new character. So that way, if Will Smith wanted to come back and play Deadshot again in the future. Well, considering the success of this, he may consider it. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <clears throat> but yeah, it, it's a... Uh, um, oh, this is kind of funny. Um, James Gunn based Weasel's portrayal in the film on comic artist Berkeley uh, Brethids, uh Build a Cat from the comic strip Balloon County, uh, a character who is barely more than an animal. He has no clue what, <laughs> what is happening around him. That is the perfect way to describe Weasel in this film. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, this this is a, this is I just yeah um, this is a very interesting film yeah in in many respects and it's just I I love what he did with the characters and I'm cool with it um, he successfully again took unknown characters and made a movie about it and it was successful yep. yep exactly oh I forgot to mention Peter Capaldi is in it as the thinker and Taika Waititi plays Ratcatcher one yep. in flashbacks so. I forgot to mention um, those two as we were talking. I'm like, oh, yeah, these people were also in it. <laughs> and speaking of going back to John Cena's Peacemaker, he's supposed to have a HBO series. Yes. Based on his character. So we'll see. Yeah. See how that goes. Right. So, um, yeah. Curiouser and curiouser. But, yeah, I, I, I'm if. So I would say if you're going to if you have a. A teenager that's wanting to watch this, just know they're going to be a lot of F-bombs, and then the violence is probably not going to be any worse than what you see on some of your video games now, like Call of Duty and all that, to be honest. Pretty much like more I mean, it's about as Yeah, it's about <laughs> as ridiculous. Yeah. 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 And it's depictions of death and blood, so. But they have fun uh, making it. You could tell. Exactly. So. You actually see hey, there's chemistry between the characters. You don't yes. need a there's no forced scene where they're getting along. No, it happens progressively. You see yes. them bonding more and more as the, as it goes along. Kind of like yes. Guardians. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. Exactly. All right, man. Um, I'll let you go ahead and do yours and I'll do mine and we'll be done. All right. So. I end up watching for my final movie, a um, movie called Awake, that's on Netflix. Okay. Uh, it was released this year on June 9th. It's an hour and 36 minutes, directed by Mark Rosso, and it's starring Gina Rodriguez, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, uh, Barry Pepper, Ben Jones, Ariana Greenblatt, Greenblatt uh, Francis Fisher, Shamir Anderson and uh, Lucius Hoyos. So, after a devastating global event wipes out all electronics and eliminates people's ability to sleep, a former soldier may have found a solution with her daughter. Okay. So, Jill 
is a former military and also a former and recovering addict. Um, she had lost custody of her kids, who's now being taken care of by the grandmother, which I'm thinking is their dad's mom because he apparently died in the war. And they don't get along, so I'm like, yeah, this is this is stepmom. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so anyway, she's going to pick up her kids for, I guess, uh, for the day. Cause that's about all she gets. And mm-hmm. um, while they're in her care, she starts having car problems. And while she's trying to correct it, she gets sideswiped by, by a car and gets knocked into a lake. And so while they're um, trying, they, they, they do make it out. They get out. But her daughter, Matilda... Apparently did die, but was brought back by the police, you know, like did a CPR and they were able to bring her back. So they end up going, they end up going to the hospital to get stitches for her because she has stitches on her head. Her daughter's fine. But while there, they start noticing that a lot of the coma patients are waking up. So. This event that happened is causing people to not be able to sleep. They can't sleep no matter how tired they get they're they're awake and you know lack of sleep is not good no um but um jill runs into our old psychiatrist murphy and but she learns that there's one person who can sleep but then she reveals that her daughter also was able to sleep and her grandmother takes her to church and all of the church members are like why is it that she's able to sleep if we're not and maybe we have to sacrifice her to restore our ability to to sleep again and there like, why is it always got to go to that why is it always right. got to go to sacrifice i don't go and then and the uh, pastor he's trying to tell him like we don't need to do this maybe we just need to pray just pray for her and then just us our goodwill will you know it'll happen you know just she's a sign that it can't happen that's what he's trying to get but i'm like no 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 we need to sacrifice because <laughs> you know they, they haven't slept now over yeah. 24 hours 48 hours and they're not thinking straight they're just like we got to yeah, we got to take her out and then we'll be able to sleep. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but uh, Jill's able to get Matilda out of the church. Her and son, they go running. And so along along their journey, Jill is trying to teach her daughter survival skills, like how to drive, how to shoot a gun and, you know, just things that in the event that they don't make it, you know, she'll at least be able to take care of herself. They even run across uh, a mob of prisoners that get let out one of which ends up helping them. Um, but the only solution possibly is to go to this place called the hub that Murphy mentioned earlier, where this lady that can sleep has been taken to protest to hopefully find a cure. So reluctantly she goes there. She drops her kids off at this house where it has food, tells her not to follow that, you know, y'all take care of each other. If I don't come back and, you know, I'm going to go here. But um, her plan was to have this lady who's like, she's old. She's like maybe 70s mm-hmm. saying like, if you know, you have to take care of my daughter. I'm like, she's not going to be able to do that. Like, she's literally looking like she's about to go herself. Right. <laughs> so I don't know what your plan is. But um, so per the trailer, the different stages you go through from sleep deprivation is disorientation, hallucinations and hysteria. And I think at the point in this movie, they go as long as six days without sleeping. There's even a portion where the, the soldiers thinking that they're under attack and they start shooting each other because they're seeing each other as the enemy. And they just it's just 
hectic, crazy chaos. Yeah. Um, but um, it's it's a weird. It's kind of it's kind of a weird movie. It gets really mm-hmm. weird toward the end once they kind of stumble on a solution to their problem. Um, but you know, it's, it's not a great movie, but it's not terrible. And it just gets kind of silly with that that solution that they figure out at the very end. Right. But um, it was interesting. It it was for what it was. It was cool. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. So I believe I had this on. I can't. It's been so long ago. I can't remember if this was on my list. But um, my six movies to watch this summer. Mm-hmm. Um. But if it's not, I'm putting it on there and then checking it off because yeah. <laughs> my list and I can do whatever I want. There you um, go. I watched the 1985 classic Summer Rental with John Candy because it's summer, so I feel like I haven't seen it yet. I should. And so I watched it. Yeah. Uh, checked it out from the library. The library rental. Um, so an overworked air traffic controller takes his family on a beach vacation, but is soon beset by a series of mishaps because it's the 80s and it's John Candy. Yeah. Now, this is one of three movies starring John Candy that came out in 1985. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Marental, Volunteers, and I'm already forgetting the third one. I'll look it up in a minute. So this is... Uh, Directed by Carl Reiner. It's an it's rated PG, an hour and twenty seven minutes long. Also stars Richard Crenna, Rip Torn. If you could dodge a wrench, you could dodge a ball. If you can dodge a wrench, you can sail a boat. Is the uh, quote from this one, or at least it should be. Okay. <laughs> um, Carrie Green, uh, who had two movies come out this summer, the first being her feature film de- debut. And the Goonies, and then Summer Rental, and then uh, Lucas came in '86. So Joey Lawrence, whoa, that Joey Lawrence, yep, plays Bobby Chester, and then Aubrey Jean uh, played Laurie Chester. Fun fact: Carrie Green had to dub the younger uh, Laurie had to change had to dub her dialogue. So she's having to basically do the dialogue of both people uh, in the movie. So it's interesting. Uh, John Larroquette uh, is also in it. Uh, Richard Hurd and uh, Lois Hamilton. Yeah, it's Bob Wells. Like there's a bunch of people in this. And so basically, yeah, John Candy's burnout. Like he. Yeah, burnout. So he's they kind of make him take a vacation. <laughs> His work basically tells him you need to go take some time off. Yeah. So and they they're based out of Atlanta, and so they end up going to this fictitious uh, place in Florida called Citrus Cove, which they actually filmed this in St. Pete, uh, Florida, and they. Uh, they they have like they've got a U-Haul packed and everything like one of those trailer U-Hauls mm-hmm. and they go to this, ha- this beach house they they uh, arrive start bringing all their stuff in they can't get over the view and how amazing this place is uh, the neighbors there kind of like who are these people 
and they also have a dog and the dog's very friendly and barking at the neighbors and they're like they're still kind of giving them weird looks yeah and they go out to eat they come back they're getting ready to go to bed for the night and then there's a knock on the door and it's an entire other family asking why are they are in their house <laughs> nice <laughs> and the address uh was i think this was like six six fifteen beach circle or something like that mm-hmm. and is where they thought they were or is where they were supposed to go but they were at six fifteen beach lane so yeah they had to get all their stuff and go and then go to this other house it's quite a bit smaller not near as nice but it is right off the beach though um and basically through uh he tries to go sailing and take his son sailing and they it's like well it's a bigger sailboat they'll go you know to see us and they'll give us the right away because we've been, you know we're here they need right. to move out of the way so we're here and then they end up crashing he ends up breaking his leg or something you know he was severely spraining it or something i don't even know and so he winds up on crutches and makes enemies with a guy in the other sailboat play um played by richard Crenna and befriends the barkeep at the restaurant of the barnacle who's played by rip torn who has a hook for a hand <laughs> and he has like a pirate and anyways befriends him he learns how to sail and more or less to have his regain i don't want to say his honor with his son but you know and then ends up challenging richard Crenna to you know in the uh the big uh yacht races i forgot what they're called um and basically if we win we stay two weeks rent free if you win you get this and then we'll leave now like i'll give you this check for two weeks and we'll leave early yeah and so they they end up uh so it's and you know all along the way there's all kinds of just different kind of like the great outdoors except no big bear and um just various different things happen to him yeah. um, throughout this film and it's just it's funny uh it's a little dated i mean it's obviously dated but i mean it's still fun to watch now it's rated pg the neighbors that he winds up being next door to are kind of out there um the <laughs> the wife of the neighbor uh that lives there had just got some breast implants and she's wanting everybody show them basically show everybody and then try and get an idea whether or not they feel real or not. Yeah. And so the running joke through the film is every time she's up there, she's trying to ask various different people and you know, they don't really want to at all. And it's kind of obviously awkward. Right. But you know, the husband's like, are you, it's like, are you asking like everybody? Yeah, pretty much. So there's a scene where she lifts her top up, but you don't, it's from the it's shot from the back, so you yeah. don't nothing's ever shown. So I think that's how to keep it PG. Apparently, there were some scenes in it. It was originally supposed to be PG thirteen, but they took some scenes out in order to make it PG. I'm pretty sure it was probably the frontal part of it would right. be my guess, because it's the '80s and you got a lot of you got away with a lot more <laughs> in movies. Yes. Um, this is one of two films that Carl Reiner made with the word summer in the title the other one was 1987's summer school which is one of my all-time favorites growing up um absolutely love that one because i love mark Harmon and courtney thorne smith and you know the entire cast it's 
I love that movie. It's so stupid and funny at the same time. I'd watch that one over and over. Um, I like that one more than I like this one, but this one just makes me miss John Candy, and you know, just love what making me want to watch the rest of his, you know, his catalog of movies. Yeah. Um, if you haven't watched it, it's definitely worth watching. It's not. It starts out one way, and then you're like, oh. This just turns out to a sailboat race in the end. And then the movie does kind of just feel like it just ends. I'm like, oh, we either run out of money or time. <laughs> but but it just it was fine. I wasn't upset by the end. It's just like, oh, OK, I just thought there'd be a little bit more. But no, it's it's good, though. I, I, I enjoyed it. And, you know, if the kids wanted to watch it, we'd watch it. I mean, it's a decent family movie. So. I just think the adults may like it more than the kids, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's a summer rental. Um, you could probably find it at your local library. Uh, if not, I believe it's also on HBO right now. So, all right, uh, real quick trailers. We have Kate. I can't remember if I talked about this one last week or not, so I'm talking about it now. This is the action movie with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I don't know if this is going to be like the new Jolt. <laughs> um, but it's this one's going to be on Netflix. A female assassin has 24 hours to get vengeance on her murdered um, on her murderer before she dies. Uh, coming out September 10th. So sorry, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, a huntress from Birds of Prey. And um, Woody Harrelson, Michael Huseman. Alicia Rotaro and Tanobu Asano. So looks looks like it'll be a good Netflix action movie. Um, I'm okay with that. And then next is uh, Quinn Eastwood's latest, Cry Macho. A one-time radio star and washed-up horse breeder takes a job to bring a man's young son home and away from his alcoholic mom on their journey. The horseman finds redemption through teaching the boy what it means to be a good man. Unknown of whether or not he talks to an empty chair in this film or not. Um, also coming to, or this is coming to HBO max and in theaters September 17th. Uh, it is also directed by Clint Eastwood. Then, or if you're in the mood for remakes, he's all that. Oh, no. It, oh, yeah. A teenage girl sets out to give a nebbish classmate the ultimate high school makeover, an updated remake of the 1999 film She's All That, starring Tanner Buchanan, uh, Rachel Lee Cook, Addison Ray. Matthew Willard, Madison Pettis, Peyton Meyer, Courtney Kardashian, um, <laughs> Isabella Crovetti, and others. Release date is August 27th of this year, and guess what? Coming to Netflix. Okay. I was about to say, I hope they're not putting it in theaters. <laughs> no. It's a Netflix movie for sure. Yeah. Um, unknown whether or not Sarah Michelle Geller will also make her cameo as she did in the first one. Because <laughs> the original, they shot it at the same high school where they shoot uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
where they shoot uh, Sunnydale High School. I knew as soon as they saw they they shot the did the exterior shot. I go, dude, <laughs> my wheel moment before there was a wheel moment. Like that's Sunnydale. Yeah, I, wa- I remember watching She's All That in the theater. Yeah, me too. I think I was it was like it was a group friend. Yeah, watched. Yeah, same. And it was fine. Okay. I think I may have watched it once since then, maybe twice. Next for definitely for kids, not for my son, but my daughter will be looking forward to this one. A new uh, Cinderella movie musical, live action, coming to Amazon Prime September 3rd, written and directed by Kay Cannon, a modern musical version of the classic fairy tale Cinderella. This one says, oh yeah, September 3rd. Starring Camilla Cabello as Cinderella, Billy Porter as Fab G, Idina Menzel as the stepmother, Nicholas Glitzin as Prince Robert, Pierce Brosnan as King Rowan, Mitty Driver as Queen Beatrice, and uh, yeah, and others. So, oh, and of course, James Corden's got to be in it. Uh, as the footman, as one of the footmen. So yeah, uh, that's gonna be a thing that my daughter will be looking forward to, and guess who'll be watching it. Yeah. So look forward to that review coming up in the future episode. Because <laughs> there's no way I'm not, not there, there's no way I'm not watching that with her. So Cinderella movie that's not Disney. Yeah. And you know what? I think I'd almost rather watch Cinderella than Cry Macho, but that's just because it's Clint Eastwood and um, my feelings yeah. towards it. As just his movies. Sorry, not him. His movies are so hit and miss with me. Yeah. So I feel like this one would be another one that's probably not for me. But if it's on HBO Max, I'll probably watch it because I'm sure it's hell not going to the theater to watch it. No. <laughs> so, oh, uh, mercy. All right, man. I think that's about it. Um, this week we got coming up free guy. So yep. been waiting which, on that for a while. Yep. And uh, past guest Michael Toe making an appearance in it. Uh, apparently they cut out the majority of his lines, but he's still in it. So in it to win right. it. Looking forward to seeing him and others in this film. And then I'm try, trying to remember what else comes out, but that's kind of the big one. And um, there was another one. I don't have my point. Uh, don't, don't breathe too. Oh yeah. And the protege. That's not. That's that's next week. That's week after. But um, free guy. Respect. Oh, yeah. uh, Aretha Franklin movie, and then don't breathe too. I will probably watch Don't Breathe 2, even though it was really hard for me to watch Don't Breathe 1. <laughs> it's weird, because... So, you got a movie where you can't make a sound. Yep. This is like this is like before uh, Quiet Place. Yep. And so, you got this blind dude like Daredevil. He's blind, but he's got other yep. skills. <laughs> yep. So. He's been blind his entire life. Yeah. <laughs> but, should now, like the first movie, he was the villain. Now they're trying to make him like a yeah, it's like a redemption story almost. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't, no, 
That's not how this works, bro. Oh, not for what he did in that first one. Like, no. Um, Which makes me really not want to watch this one. Because I'm like, oh. It'd be nice if this was actually a prequel, but I know it's not. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, maybe something happened in the woods, so he moves to Detroit. Ugh. Yeah, I'd move out to the woods too, I guess. Like there, there's, I guess there's some kind of demand for it. <laughs> I guess. Mm. All right. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I'm cringing thinking about it already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was well, you, I guess we'll close with this final thought. If you have kids starting school or have already started school, we wish the parents the best of luck um, as much as we do the students, if not more. Because um, we know commuting, dropping off kids and then picking them up and then extracurriculars kick back in again, too, becomes harder and harder time to dedicate time for family to watch movies. As much less watch, watch them by yourself. So. um we raise a fictitious class <laughs> to all you parents out there. <clears throat> Students don't don't raise the same kind of class. Um, but good luck to everybody. We wish everybody the best for this uh, school year. So yeah. I think that's about it. No. Touching final thoughts. Touching yeah. final thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Until next week, um, we hope everyone has an awesome week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.